Y'all, and welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. I have one of the finding fathers of gospel music. The reason I've given him this title is because he is the founder of the oldest gospel recording label in this country. He is the bishop, the doctor, the pastor, Leonard Scott. So first and foremost, I would like to thank you for being on my show. This is truly beyond an honor for me. Like I grew up on the music that you brought out into this world. So being able to talk to you is like beyond crazy to me right now. So thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. Let me ask you, you started off in the dentist industry like in 1973. And then just a few years later, like literally a few years later, you started Ty Scott Records. How how did that come about? So before I was saved, I was in a, a band. And in fact, I was in college in Terre Haute, Indiana. I went to Indiana State undergrad and I was in a band there with some of my cousins. We thought we were going to be big. You know, back then the Beatles were big and we thought we were going to be big as the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> But of course, it was, you know, it was all secular music and, and that whole lifestyle. But I was, I was a pre-dental student and um, my dad, you know, had told me that we probably wasn't going to make it, you know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> he told me about all the super musicians who never made it. And he said the ones that didn't make it were usually better than the ones that did make it. You know? <laughs> and, and so uh, we, I made a deal with him. That if we didn't make it in a year, you know, I'd do it his way because I was that confident, you know, that we were gonna, it was just gonna happen for us. Um, and and of course, in his wisdom, he said, "Sure, let's make that deal, then." You know, <laughs> of course, he won the deal. You know, right? Uh, so I had to get out of that that band, but that that lifestyle was still in me, you know. And I actually got in another band when I was in dental school. Uh, that was just a couple of other dental students and myself and we had a standing engagement at the um, officers club out at Fort Benjamin Harrison back then. Now this is, this is in the late sixties, uh, late sixties, early seventies. And it was, you know, what, it wasn't like traveling before in the band, we were traveling all over, you know, sometimes I'd get back in time for class the next morning. You know, it, and that's what dad was looking at. He's you know, basically telling me you're going to flunk out, you know, <laughs> but this one, you know, it was, a lot easier because the equipment was set up there. We come in, um, I think it was like three nights, might have been Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I believe, um, on on the uh, post there, Fort Benjamin Harrison, and and to play like a three hour set, and that was it. You know, they gave us like fifty dollars a night uh, each. You know, back then that was big money. You know, I said that was a lot of money then. One hundred and fifty dollars a weekend. You know, just for playing some songs. You know? <laughs> Now, were there originals or did y'all do cover? No, it was all cover. Okay. All cover. And, uh, but it was during that time that the Lord saved me. When he saved me, I realized that music had really been my God. And, you know, you can make a God out of anything. And I didn't, you know, I didn't want that, the temptation or the attraction of that to pull me away from God. And so I just put down music altogether at that point. And, it was about a year later that um, I went on a shut-in, and 
I went on a three-day fast, went into a hotel room, shut in for three days and three nights. We were having some trouble at the church. Um, and I mean, like, you know, deacon and pastor type trouble, you know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I and I went in, just went on a, on a fast and went on shut in. And uh, it was after, at the end of that three days that the Lord just started giving me songs. I never really, not really written any songs that before. Um, but just one after another, about eight or ten of them, and I had a little tape recorder, and and I just started singing them in this tape recorder. When I came out of there, I went to our our church uh, organist, and you know pl- played, sung some of them for him, played them, and, and asked him what he thought, and he said, well, I, I think we ought to do a, re- a record, you know. And so um, that's sort of how the record company started. The, the reason we started the record company was because my attorney told me that. Because at that time, you know, I had the dental practice and had, um, I think, maybe a couple of other businesses. And he and he told me to protect myself from somebody saying we stole their song or something, you know, and suing us. If you incorporate it, then, you know, it's all within that entity. They can't really sue you for anything in the dental practice or personally or anything. You know, it, it's all toward that. And so that's that's why we even started it, because my attorney said, you know, y'all need to protect yourselves. And. And uh, he asked what you want to call it. And, well, my partner's name was Craig Tyson, and my name was Leonard Scott. And I, I told him, I don't know. And, and the attorney <laughs> said, well, why don't, why don't you call it Ty Scott? And I said, okay, you know, no problem. <laughs> and so, you know, I wish I could tell you that an angel came out the sky and said, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> God has this assignment for you. You are going to do, uh, you know. <laughs> But you know, now I can look back now and see God's hand all in it, you know. But at mm-hmm. the time, you know, we were just doing something, put out a record for our church choir, incorporating it in order to protect ourselves from any outside liabilities. Uh, but then after that, when we did that that record for our church choir, other artists began to come to us and asked if they could use the label, you know, be, be on our label. And, mm-hmm. and that's how it kind of grew. You know, I, I had no idea. But but looking back in retrospect, I see God doing this thing, you know. And and what really what really blows me away is that that I loved so much when I was willing to give it up. It's like God changed it and gave it back to me. And and He says He'll give you um, if you put Him first. He'll give you the desires of your heart, you know. Um, and and so often I think we mess up because we we put what we desire above Him and beyond, you know, before Him. And that's not that's not how we're blessed, you know. We always gotta have God first, and then all these other things He'll add to you. And that's sort of what happened, you know. Um, it's sort of like Abraham, you know. Abraham had this son that he had waited a hundred years for, and God said, "Give him back to me," you know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, glory! Wait a minute, God, you know, <laughs> when He was willing, you know, to make that sacrifice. You know, God said, all right, I see now, you know, that that you still love me more than him. And Isaac, you know, went on to become one of the Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, you know, mm-hmm. founding fathers of, and the, the seed through which our Messiah would come. But the key, I believe the key is just putting God first in everything before anything. And, and you know, it's so easy, you know, to say that, but. You find things that will sneak in there. You'll find that there's something that you're cherishing more than God. You know, it can be anything. It could be a career. 
It could be a sports team. It could be some star, you know. It could be a home. I mean, literally anything. But God's got to be number one. He's got to always be. Now, when you first started, you and your partner, and y'all told the church, your family, and your friends, we're about to start this record label. What what reaction did they give you? Oh, no, we didn't tell them that. Oh, yeah, I did? No, we just put out a record. I'm telling you. <laughs> I had no idea we were starting a label. You know? <laughs> just, we just wanted a record for our church choir. That was the that was the the goal to put out a record for our church choir, and uh, record labels wasn't jumping up and down to sign mm. a, a nobody know who you are choir, you know. <laughs> Still not jumping up and down to do it, um, and so that's that's how the label got started. I, I had no idea, you know. And so why I'm gonna tell somebody? Now I might have told them our choir is gonna put out a record, you know. <laughs> That was the focus. It wasn't the label. It was this record we gonna put out. Now, being the oldest existing Black gospel label today, how do you stay current? Yeah, and then that's a that's a good question because things are changing so quickly, and and they have down through the years. When we started, of course, they were the big thirty three and a third uh, LPs. They called them mm-hmm. and uh, cassette tapes. And, yes, those are good uh, times. And eight track, you know. <laughs> we had to listen to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and and so every time uh, something new came on the scene, I remember when the cassette tape came on the scene. It was like, oh, the, the whole industry is going under now because nobody has to buy records anymore. All they do is tape it off the radio, you know. But it didn't didn't go under, you know. And then when CDs came out, it was like, oh. It's sure enough gonna go now because with a cassette, you know, after you record it a few times, it sounds like mud, you know. So <laughs> you really want a good sound, you're gonna have to get the original. But now with these CD things, it's all digital, and so it doesn't matter how many times you record it, it's gonna sound perfect. And and everybody thought, you know, it was gonna go down then, but it didn't go down then. Then when it got the MP3s. People thought, oh, nobody going to buy music anymore now. <laughs> <laughs> All they got to do is download it off, you know. Right. They had to pay for it, just download it. And it but it didn't go away then. You know? And then when they started streaming, it's like, oh, no, nobody going to have to pay now. But, you know, it's instead of instead of it going down, each time it's gone up, actually. Um, and people are still paying for music and or either it's being paid for through advertising, you know, like it has always been like on radio. That's happening now through streaming. And and people uh, love music, good music, and are willing to pay for it. I think, you know, what you have to do is just keep a positive attitude and, and know that uh, it's, it's going to be all right. Whatever happens, it's going to be all right. And things are going to constantly change. Yes. I don't think they finished changing now, you know. I don't know how the next was coming because I didn't know how any of these were coming. <laughs> Seems like every 10 years, something new pops up. Yeah, yeah. You've also been nominated for like, I don't know how many different Dove Awards and Stellar Awards. And I also hear that you have a new award that you're about to be presented this year. Is that true? Yes, and it's the Stellar um, Thomas Dorsey Award. It's an award they give to an uh, individual or a group 
that uh, has you know just kind of represented the industry down through the years and and I'm really really very proud to receive this this award and humbled also because you know I I don't know I don't really look at myself as have done that much I guess I've just been in the right place at the right time. <laughs> well, yeah. I think you have. I mean, you put a lot, I mean, a lot of people on the map who probably would have never got a chance. Yeah. And, and you know, I believe it's just God using me. If I didn't let him use me, he probably would have used somebody else, you know. <laughs> but we don't know that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> So do you have any upcoming projects? I think we just put out a new one on Brianna Babineau. Um, um, Anthony Brown is, is mm-hmm. working on a new one. Anthony Brown and Group Therapy. Uh, looking also to do some a new one on um, Rance Allen, Group Therapy. Rashawn Mitchell, he just you know put out a single on a new one. So, you know, these, these are all projects that we're looking forward to. I'm actually working on. In fact, I was set to record uh, before COVID-19 snuck around. Yeah. <laughs> and so we had to push the date back, but we're, we're going to do actually a hymns project. We've been calling it Hymns United. I love the new music, but I don't want us to forget about the old hymns of the church that have brought us over and brought us through. And so um, every few years we do a hymns project. We've done about four or five already. The first one we did right here in Indianapolis. Wow. When was that? Was that in the eighties or nineties? It was a long time ago. And uh, we did it at light of the world church when they were over on 38th street. So you know how long mm-hmm. that's been. Oh, uh, that has been a minute ago. And, and then um, the second one we did was in Chicago called Chicago sings. Um, the one we did here was called uh, greatest hymns. Um, and Chicago Sings was done at uh, Church of Christ where Pastor Wright uh, was the pastor. That was the church that it was Senator Obama went to at that time. <laughs> but uh, we did a uh, double uh, CD of hymns there. And when we do the hymns project, we always invite in, you know, guest appearances. Um, we sing gospel's greatest hymns that we did here in uh, Indianapolis. Wow, who all did we have? We had some super anointed people on that one. Um, uh, Phoebe Hines, I believe, uh, Bishop Ellis from out of Detroit. Of course, um, Dr. Dr. Benjamin was the narrator of it, and (laughs) he would say something about the hymns before before they were um, sang. Wow, that's been so long ago. I can't remember all the people that were on it, but it was it was some some uh, powerful people. And then the one that we did in Chicago, I remember. I think the Barrett sisters were on that on that one, along with a whole bunch of other people. Now, what about the one for this year? Who do you have? Um, who you potentially have lined up? Potentially. Um, now we had all these people booked, but when we had to move the date, I don't know if they still won't be able to make it. But right. Rance Allen, uh, Kalante Gavin, Kathy Taylor, uh, Bashan Mitchell, 
Hmm. Who we living out? Seem like we're leaving out somebody. Um, there's a couple of more that I just they escape me right now. Well, it sounds like it's gonna be good. It's it's gonna be really good. It's gonna mm-hmm. and and so you know even with the arrangements, we still keep the songs in in the uh, the traditional uh, mindset. And, you know, we've done, so we did the Chicago one, then we did one in, in Baltimore, Maryland, called Hymns for the Nation, and we did one in um, Birmingham, Alabama. You know, it's amazing that these, these same hymns that everybody sings in their church are sung differently when you go to a different area of the country. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you go in different areas of just Indiana, period. It's like, why did they switch it up like that? <laughs> right, right. If I got their little own little twist to it, you know. Now you um you also have a um a program that you started. It's called the um Holistic Health Initiative. Yes, yes. So I'm a dentist, very health conscious, and I've been grieved by the number of people that talented people, um, gifted people that have died early because of the unhealthy lifestyle, I guess I can call it. And, you know, a lot of times when you say unhealthy lifestyle, first thing you think is drugs or alcohol or nicotine, you know, smoking. There's some things that can take you out of here if you never smoke a cigarette, take a drop of alcohol or take a drug, you know. Right. Just your eating habits can take you out of here. And I've had good friends that have left because of sugar diabetes, you know, at at a young age. Um, And a lot of it was due to bad eating habits, along with a lack of exercise, you know. So I've kind of gone on a mission to get the word out that you don't have to lead that way. And it's, it's not really that hard to be healthy. Uh, you do have to exercise some discipline, but it's not about, it's really not about abstinence. It's about moderation, you know, and that's where, that's what gets us. We just go overboard, you know, instead of having a, a slice of pie, we eat the whole pie, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I do. <laughs> eat the whole quarter ice cream, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. just sit there and just have a good time. And then after a while, that takes a toll. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it'll take you out. You can still enjoy life and be healthy. Yeah, as we speak, I'm um, making myself drink more water. Yes. And I do not like water. (laughs) But you know what? Keep drinking it, and you will. Out a lot of the things we do and we don't do is we just have to, you know what? I, I... when I was in college, I tried to smoke. I never will forget. See, when you get away from home, you do stupid stuff. Well, oh yes, you know, you <laughs> and, and nobody there to stop you. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be grown. Home, they not go. And 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 I, I, I got. I don't know why I did it. I got a pipe and I got some cherry tobacco. I will forget that. And I was sitting in my little car smoking away. And after a while, I got sick as a dog. Start throwing up and. <laughs> Mm-mm. That was the end of my smoking right there. That was the beginning and the ending. So, mm. and and I would wonder, you know, does this affect other people this way? 
I'm sure it does. Smoke is nasty. I mean, it is. It is. But you know what? If it's something that you really want to do, you just keep doing it. And then after a while, it ain't nasty no more. Then it becomes something that you crave. And something that, you know, it might be nasty to everybody else, but it's not nasty to you. You know? That's true. Alcohol is the same way. Alcohol is nasty. Some that's, that's kind of sweet or something, maybe some wines or something, but most of that stuff is straight up nasty, you know? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. But you keep doing it, and you'll develop a taste for it. And mm-hmm. then it's not nasty anymore. But just like that works with stuff that's harmful to you, it also works for stuff that's good for you. You don't like water? Keep on drinking it. After a while, you're going to start liking it. Mm -hmm. Take a word for it. (laughs) (laughs) I had a a good talk with uh, Dr. Jerome Adams, who is our uh, Surgeon General of the United States now. But back then, he was the Health Commissioner for Indiana. And, uh, you know, in, in uh, I interviewed him for the book that I wrote, The Ultimate Boost from Within 31 Days to Health, Wealth, Wholeness, and Happiness. Mm-hmm. And in the interview, you know, we were talking about uh, some of these bad habits. And he was telling me when he has patients that smoke, he said he never tells them to stop smoking. Really? Yeah. He says he tells them to just smoke one less cigarette every day, you know. Just take one less, and then the next day, you know, smoke one less. And and he says, you can break the habit if you do it slowly. But if he said, if you try to cold turkey it and try to and just say, well, don't never smoke again, you know, after a while they gonna they'll be back, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen plenty of smokers do that too. I never got the craving for it, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Now, the um, Holistic Health uh, Incentives, they can see that on Facebook Live, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So it's, and that's why it's holistic, because um, if you're sick in any part of you, it affects the whole, your whole being. Uh, You know, we're body, soul, and spirit. And if any one of those is sick, the whole thing is sick. And, And I like to use the analogy of a chain. Regardless of how strong a chain is, it's only as strong as its weakest link. If one uh, link is weak, the whole chain gonna break, you know. <laughs> and so it's the same way with us. If if um, if our bodies are weak, or if our minds are weak, or if our uh, spirit man is weak, then the whole the whole person is weak. I've interviewed quite a few people that have full plates, but your plate is probably the fullest that I've ever seen. I mean, you're a pastor, you're an entrepreneur, you're an author, you're a community advocate. I mean, how do you prioritize your busy schedule? That is a good question. Uh, and I try to do that. I try to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, though, that I have a lot of good people that I, that I surround myself with that are very supportive and that and some things are smarter than I am. A lot of times they do a lot of the work and I get a lot of the credit. But I think I I I, I give all all the credit to my God and my people. Amen. Now, what advice would you give someone who has a dream and wants to pursue it? They have moments where they just want to give up. What advice would you give them? Don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> 
message out because your testimony, you don't know who your testimony is going to affect. Some years ago, um, back in the early 90s, we had uh, the number one record, gospel record in the nation uh, with Reverend John P. Key and the New Life Community Choir. We walk by faith and not mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that was, you know, sweeping the nation. And uh, in the middle of that, our distributor called us and and said that uh, he called us on a Friday and said that they were going to go bankrupt. Mm. He told us our our recording was doing great. He said, but all the other labels that he was uh, distributing wasn't doing that great. And he said uh, they were going out of business, and, and he told me he was sorry. And, and he owed us. He owed us about $300,000, and that was you know, from all the sales. And that was the money I needed to pay our manufacturers and, and uh, songwriters, publishers, artists, you know. And uh, he was telling me, basically, you ain't going to get it, you know. <laughs> My God. And so um, at that point, you know, I could have th- thrown in the towel because basically if, if I didn't pay my artists, which that at that time, John Key was really the only one that was making a lot of money for us. He wasn't under contract anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I breached the contract. He could go. He could he could walk away. And at that time, every label, every gospel label on the planet wanted John Key. I mean, he's the number one artist in the, in the nation. Right. Um, and so, um, but I didn't, you know. And one thing I did, I, I gave God praise. In fact, when he was telling me on the phone, I started praising the Lord. I started mm. And hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And 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 he asked me, did you hear what I said? <laughs> I said, yeah, I heard you. <laughs> you probably thought I had lost my mind or something. You know? Oh, I'm pretty sure you did. But you know what? I, I, I knew that somehow we were going to come out of this okay. The, the word of God says that all things work together for good. Them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And I didn't know how we were going to come out of this okay. Because it looked like it was a dead end street. Looked like it was over. But we uh, we basically just got on the phone and start, you know, calling everybody and telling them, you know. And, and it wasn't no secret. I mean, the whole industry knew that they were going to go back. This company was going to go bankrupt. So it wasn't like, you know, we were trying to pull something over somebody's ass. <laughs> right. And um, everybody was willing to work with us. Everybody was willing to work with us. Um, John stayed with us. That was the number one thing because, you know, he could have walked. Um, then uh, the manufacturers told us that we owed all the money to. They told us, well, we, we can't do anything for your own credit, but we will continue to manufacture for us if you just pay as you go, you know, type that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, if, if they had to stop manufacturing for us, it would have been over, you know. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, just by one by one, things just kind of, like God just started making ways for us and giving us favor. And and we made it through that that $300,000 in the whole situation. Wow. And, and we're still here. And I, and, and the, the point I wanted to make was that I was telling that story somewhere and somebody got my uh, email address or my phone number. I forget how they contacted me, but they contacted me and told me 
that they had a small label and that things were going so bad that they were going to throw in the towel until they heard me tell that story. Mm. And they said, you know what? We decided we can make it, you know, and, and the Lord blessed them just like he blessed us, you know? So Amen. don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of uh, getting in contact with you, how can people find you? Well, I'm on all the social media platforms, uh, Facebook, uh, Leonard Scott, um, Instagram, I think it's DocScott49. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. Um, our, our website is bishoplscott.com. Um, you, you can reach us also. Our email address is docscott at tyscott.com. So uh, we'd love for you to, to contact us. I feel weird asking you this question because <laughs> it's a music question. It's like, how do you ask somebody who's in the music industry this big, this question? But you know what? It's my last question to everybody and I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> so you ready? Okay. If you can have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? Oh, wow. There's a song that I, that I wrote that is kind of dear to my heart. Uh, it's almost like an acapella song. It um, And you probably wouldn't know it because it, it's not real. You know, it didn't get a lot of airplay on the radio or anything. But the song says, um, when the music stops, the band has gone away. Can your heart still praise and worship anyway? Does it matter that there's no one else around? Can you worship him without a single sound? It's really not about the things we say and do. These are nice, but they don't even give a clue to the things that worship's really all about. He must be in your heart without a single doubt. It's called When the Music Stops. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. Now you should put that on your um your hymns. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not quote-unquote traditional hymn, but it's yeah. a good closer. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I think we did. We, we, we put it on... Um, I think my worship experience. So that that and that that song is so near and dear to me because it's it's easy. We were talking about you can make a god out of anything, mm -hmm. and it's easy. I mean, worship music is so beautiful, and and worshiping makes you feel so good. And sometimes you can get so caught up in the feeling and and the the uh, beauty of it that you forget all about the God that you're supposed to be worshiping and you begin to worship, worship, you know? And so uh, we need to always keep that mindful and keep Jesus as the center, even of our worship. Oh, I really enjoyed you. I cannot thank you enough for doing this. Well, it's, it's been my, my uh, pleasure. I tell you, and I hope, you know, we get the opportunity to meet sometime We're in the same city. I'm sure we run into each other somewhere. Oh, absolutely. 
so many church functions going on and God willing, hopefully soon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Can't can't get out right now. So how how y'all doing Easter service? Streaming? Streaming. Uh, they started streaming probably three weeks ago, which I'm glad because I I miss it. I needed it. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I can have church at home all day long, but it's nothing like that. Getting that word from your right. leader. Right. Yeah. Are you Are you involved but, in the music ministry or anything at your church? Uh, I'm in the choir. I also okay. do uh, sermonic solos and I also play the drums. You are very much involved in the music. (laughs) (laughs) Now tell me the church again. It's It's, uh, Robinson Temple Church of God in Christ. But I really enjoyed you. I really did. Well, uh, it was a pleasure for me to to share. And I hope that something was said that will be a blessing to your audience, to your those that, that listen to the podcast. When you come into your kingdom, uh, remember me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I, right. I sure will. Thank you. <laughs> All right. You be blessed. So thank you. Right. Bye bye. Thank you, Dr. Scott, for being on my show. It was such an honor to talk to you. And one day, like you said, we'll see each other face to face. So if you would like to be on Worldly Church Girl, click the link below shoot me an email and let's see what we can do with that thing i told y'all this show is only gonna get better and better and better and better you need to go ahead and subscribe you don't want to miss another show i guarantee it and as always thanks for joining your one and only worldly church girl